Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, and you can reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. So today I have with us Andrew Lacayo from San Carlos, California. How are you doing today, Andrew? Hey, brother. Dude, I'm amazing, man. And Andrew is the founder of Wasteland Mixed Drinks. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So, Andrew, tell us about yourself, how you got into being a beverage entrepreneur, and sort of your background and what led you to this. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so pretty much, so me, I'm 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 in the Bay Area, California, which is I'm in San Carlos, like like you said. I'm 25 years old, and so for the past four years, I've been working on my business, Wasteland Mixed Drinks, which is a alcoholic beverage company. Um, so a little bit about me. So I grew up out here in California. Um, you know, I I had a pretty good life. My dad's a doctor, my mom's a nurse, and um, uh, but you know, and I, I always grew up in a really nice environment, but I always really wanted something more, you know, ever since uh, the seventh grade, I always was like, you know, I really wanted to have my own business. You know, I've always been a bit of a rebel. I've always kind of, kind, uh, kind of wanted to do my own thing and be my own man and, and kind of, you know, get out there and, and do it on my own. And so, um, when I was 18, I, my, I got in my first business activity, which was, uh, which is a multi-level marketing. Uh, a venture, which, you know, honestly, it didn't, it didn't go very well, but I learned a lot from it. And even before that, actually, when I was really young, when I was in, um, in, in, uh, middle school, um, I was, I was a kid. I, I was always trying to go and, uh, sell like the little stuff they'd give us at school for the school contests. I wanted to go to every single door and knock, knock, knock and sell, sell, sell. Uh, unfortunately, um, I was kind of, that was, uh, kind of uh put on hold by my parents they didn't they didn't really like that because they didn't want me to 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 annoy people but that was that (laughs) you know yeah right that was that was the the drive that i had even from a young age you know i wanted i didn't care like they were like hey you're gonna annoy people i was like and what's your point yeah i didn't care at all right like i wanted to get out there and get after it um and so i've always kind of had that that gene or or that kind of that that uh, tick or whatever you want to call it from an early age. And so, like I said, I did a, um, a multi-level marketing company when I was 18 and I did really poorly because I, I thought I knew everything, frankly. And I, I had a big ego and it was a typical 18 year old, uh, you know, uh, kid thing. Um, and I got my ass kicked. Right. And so I learned a lot from that. And that's when I started to really dive deep into personal development and all these entrepreneurs like, that you see online, you know, uh, Grant Cardone, Gary V, um, you know, Tony Robbins and, and the like. Uh, and I started to read you know, Robert Kiyosaki. The first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. And I started to really get into the, the learning business and finances. And that's when my mind really was expanded. Right. And that's when I really um, first understood what was actually possible. So from then on there, I was just kind of looking – after I stopped doing that, that multi-level marketing gig, I was looking for my next thing to do. And what it ended up being was this website, this website thing, right? Um, and so when I was doing that, I was about um, almost 20 or so. And I was maybe like 19, 20, whatever. I, forget, I kind of forget now. But um, I made the grave error of being – uh, of saying, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to stop doing it. Which, as yeah. anyone anyone knows, you know, when you first do something, you're not going to understand how to do it properly, right? But I just, I just didn't understand that, and I quit that. And shortly after I quit that, I started listening to our mentor that we have through the um, RTA Accelerator, Andy Priscilla. And um, he, can we connect us in this podcast? Yes. Awesome. So he, you know, one of those early podcasts, he said, you have to do something for a long fucking time to see results. Right. So I was still in school at this point in uh, Oregon State um, and in a community college, uh, Lynn Benton up in Oregon, um, because I was living up there at the time. And we um, I, I was in an entrepreneurship class um, and we had to do a project for our, our final assignment for our, our final grade. And we came up with this this idea to sell this alcohol beverage called called jungle juice, right? And what jungle juice essentially is, it is a mixture of fruit juices and and and, and the one or multiple clear spirits. That essentially was what jungle juice is, right? So you can have a lot of different variations of <laughs> of jungle juice itself, right? It's extremely extremely popular at college campuses. Yeah, right? I'm it goes having by... flashbacks of basement parties, sweat dripping <laughs> right. down the walls, and and <laughs> yeah. garbage cans full of ice and jungle Dude. juice. 
hundred percent, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's gone by so many names, you know, uh, jungle juice. Um, uh, what else? I mean, uh, tr- trash can punch. Uh, I've, I've heard hunch punch before, you know, um, I've heard, I've heard a lot of different names for it. Right. But it's really, really popular, uh, type of drink. And so we came with this idea and, um, and I was still doing this website thing when we, when we came up with this class idea. Right. So, um, um, I, after I'd stopped doing that website thing, I was looking for my next thing to do. And by pure accident, maybe fate, one could say, I stumbled upon the Google Doc for the business plan for this drink idea. You know, And I was looking at it, and I heard the, the words of our mentor ringing in my head. You have to do something for a long fucking time until you see results. right? And that is when I was like, you know what? This is a really cool idea. This would be a really fun business to have. I'm going to figure this out no matter how much I do or don't know, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to make it happen, right? And that was a little over four years ago. That was January of 2016. And so um, from then, I just started making phone calls. I just started calling people and just trying to figure out how it all, how it all worked. And that has led to today where we're going to launch our product next month in March um, down here in California and as well as in Oregon and, and just hit the ground running. Yeah, I want to touch upon a few things that you just said. Um, yeah. Really focus on it, Andrew, because I think it's just so important for the audience. The first thing is is the recognition that you got to work on something for a long time, the perseverance. Because most yeah. people have the whole get-rich-quick scheme or I'm going to create yeah. this idea as an entrepreneur and I'm going to be different than everyone else and I'm not going to have to put in the work. But everyone has to put in the work because as we, we've mm-hmm. learned – um, from being entrepreneurs and from mentors is that part of the becoming an expert in the field or becoming successful or actually earning money in that field's mean meaning you have to go through the hard shit in order to learn what you need to learn in order to be successful. And without it, you don't have the proper skills to do it. So I yeah. think that's one. The second part is, is you found an opportunity that presented itself that was yes. so obviously right in front of you. I mean, I think about it that, and people in food and beverage in the field and where I work and the people we co-pack yep. for and all of this, one of the things that people don't realize is that usually the idea is right in front of your face. And you're like, oh, oh someone yeah. had to think of jungle juice. Someone has yeah, to right. have thought of that. Everyone yep. drinks it in the college basement. But it's actually, just because someone's thought of it doesn't mean they ever take the action to put it into play. Or exactly. make the steps forward or fall forward, as, as mm-hmm. we call it a lot on this podcast, yeah, to just 100%. do it. And so I think that's just enormous. Um, so those are two of the things, and, and we can dive in more, but I want to ask the next question. So yeah. you've come up with this idea. You're making phone calls. You're bringing, like, let's talk about next steps. How did you formulate a product? How did you come up with that? I don't want you to give away any secrets or anything, but sure. I mean... You know, you're now deciding you're going to get into the alcoholic beverage space, which food and beverage have a whole set of regulations in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now you're upping it one to um, to alcohol. It's like what we're doing as our company as we're growing. We're now upping it one to get into CBD infused yeah. food. So right, right. you're upping it one. So instead of having you've had no experience in food and beverage prior, you're just like straight up. I don't know any different. I'm going to go for for the gusto on this one and and go into alcoholic beverages. So tell me a little bit about that journey in developing a product. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to put one thing out too. So on your first point about perseverance and how it, it takes a long time, I want to point one thing out. I've spent the last four years working on this business and spending money to get this up and running without seeing a single dollar back yet. I want to point that out because I think that's really, really important. Okay, it's been four years without making a single dollar, and we have spent over a little over forty grand to get this up and running, right? So that is what it takes to see something come to fruition, right? It has taken four years for us to, to get to the point where we're actually seeing a physical product now that we can now go and sell. Um, I just want to point that out. So now to answer, and answer a question you just asked. So after I started calling, and um, you know, basically I was going back and forth, right? Cause I knew what we wanted to make, right? I knew it was jungle juice. I knew what the end product was. So that was helpful, you know, cause I knew what the end product in mind was. And I was able to, you know, I knew what jungle juice was. I had been around jungle juice before I've drank a fair <laughs> amount of jungle juice in my time. Right. Um, 
And so I just started calling different distilleries and, and manufacturers. I called some people in Kentucky and I talked to them and I kind of got listened to how they, how their whole situation worked out. Um, and it's kind of went around and around until I found a manufacturer that I liked. So I found a manufacturer in Oregon and I went up to them. I toured their facility. I talked to the person in charge of their private label division. Um, and then uh, I have two business partners. Uh, we ended up uh, choosing uh, this particular distillery to, to manufacture for us. Right. So essentially um, like you said, like you pointed out, I, I'm going into this blind. Right. I have no idea how any of this works. Right. I'm just learning as I go along. There's still a ton of stuff that I, I don't know yet. Right. Right now I'm working on our, our licensing side for, for California. Um, and it is definitely tricky. You know, there's definitely a lot that goes into it. Um, but we basically, we go, so what happened with our formula, so it took us three months to create our formula, right? Because with this specific uh, manufacturer, I don't know how other ones do it, but with who we went with, um, they, they charge you a rate um, for lab time, right? So you go in there. Um, if you're there, it's the, the, the uh, hourly rate is cut in half. Because you know, there's not there's less back and forth. You're just right there, so you just kind of can just kind of figure out on the fly. So we're just sitting there in like a like a makeshift kind of lab kitchen type type deal. And uh, we so our drink our drink has juice concentrates and extract flavorings along with new, some neutral grain spirits in there. Um, uh, so basically, we, he would the guy would proof it down. We would we would add a different concentrate and extracts. Come up to, to a, do a small little sample, talk about it, see what we did like, what we didn't like, and it was just trial and error, right? We just we just went through iteration after iteration, right? We were there for I think about four hours or so, three four hours, um, and then we got to a place where we felt comfortable stopping for the for the day. Um, so that was if the first round, the second round, uh, that same gentleman he. Um, did some renditions based on where we had gotten the first time and mailed them to us uh, uh, through FedEx. And we tried those. We, we we liked them, but we were like, you know what? There's something still missing here. So then we went back up a third time, right? And this, like I said, this took this, pro- this process took three months. So we um, we went back up, and then we got to a point where we had we didn't have to remove anything we put in. We just wanted a little bit more, and we just found that, that extra little uh, kind of extract flavoring that is kind of push the flavor and the sensation to a new new angle and we were like we love this this is delicious we know people are going to like this right and that was how we created our formula um so once we had our formula that's when that was that was all the fun stuff right that was the fun work you know and so from there then it it really got down to the nitty-gritty stuff right um from then we had to start sourcing stuff uh it was easy because a lot of the you know our alcohol uh, our proof and alcohol comes from our manufacturer right and then um our manufacturer set us up with the vendors for both the um the extract flavorings and the juice concentrate we're using so that was really easy but then it came down to sourcing bottles and other little bits getting labels getting our label design getting you know we already we already had a logo um and it was just went through the process of figuring that all, all out right so for me personally we actually used fiverr to to have our label design and it came out amazing right i sketched up um, a little something, which was uh, brutal because I'm not a good artist. Um, and I sent it to somebody on Fiverr who had a high rating for wine and liquor, liquor beverage labels. And I kind of described what the vibe and like the kind of like, you know, what our, our uh, business and our products was all about. And he came back with something that was fantastic. It was so awesome. Right. I just, we, we all just loved it. You know, and we just made sure that it fit the, uh, the the regulations of you know of the information you have to have on a liquor label, and, th- and then boom, that was done, right? And we just followed that process, that step by step, um, until we got to where we are now. And so, one of the things I want to talk about, just highlight, is you talked about a lot about trial and error, and I think yeah. there's no better way. F- um, to discover something or have creativity yeah. without the willingness for a trial and error, especially Agreed. in food and the willingness to let people sample it or step away from it yes. yourself and go back to it and sort of push that ball down the field, you know, as a running game versus, you know, a long throw game in the comparison right. to football. So right. I think that not enough people realize how important trial and error is as a business and as an entrepreneur because without it, we don't stay in that creative space and we don't find creative ways to solve other problems in our business. And I just talked about this earlier, interestingly, 
is that when we do it and we're creating products and doing trial and error, and we constantly do that as entrepreneurs and in our businesses and encourage our employees to do it, they're actually better at creativity and solving problems. And it, it took me a long time to realize that in my own business that they need to get out of their job a little bit and have a little creativity. And then when they go back to their job, and in their station or producing whatever food or beverage they're producing in our company is they're more creative in their solutions um, to problems and they're more likely to solve a problem, which is just a, an interesting point. The second thing that I want to say is I noticed that you put elderberry in your beverage, which I find interesting as well. Cause I just yeah. did a podcast earlier about elderberry um, and all the, the benefits of elderberry for your health etc etc so i think that that's cool and an interesting coincidence i've got to pay attention to that elderberry thing um Mm -hmm. and then lastly is how you used fiverr um which i think is a great program um if you want to have logos designed or any artwork done um we also use 99 designs uh, for the audience as well um we recommend our clients to both we also when we build our own brands use both but there are so many cool things you can do out there which is yep. like you can hold contests to have your logos designed so you can get multiple artists working on it. you can find one artist you really like like you said and use that one in particular artist and i honestly i love your logo i love Thank the you. color palette and i love yeah. that it's almost neon but there's transitional and i love the way the yes. red Jungle Juice looks in the bottle with the logo. And I. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was in it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, no. I was, you know, I was going to say, you know, yet again, that was just one of those funny instances where, um, yeah, you know, so uh, with, with, the, with the logo, for example, um, so this was back in 2016, right? Because so. Um, I, I, a buddy of mine just to, you know, he, he did, he just kind of, you know, we, we talked it out a little bit here and there, um, from, from, uh, from middle school, a buddy of mine about like the name. Right. And, uh, he, you know, brought forward the name wasteland. Right. And, and I was kind of initially opposed to it because I was really focused on the, the idea that we're selling jungle juice. And then, um, and then the, that night I slept on it. I realized, wait, we can, if we do wasteland, we can do more than just jungle juice why why stick to just jungle juice that's super limiting and i had some other like i think what was the name i had i think it was like zuju or something like zuju something weird like that i don't remember um and the next day we literally flipped he really liked the name i came up with and i really like a uh, wasteland right and then I, ex- I expanded it to wasteland mixed drinks right um so that way we could do more than just jungle juice and so he was uh so we were all talking on the phone. He, he was at the time he was going to San Jose State University, and he was like, you know what? There's this guy over here. I'm gonna go ask him which one he likes better. So he goes over and asks this guy, right? He says he's like, he's like, listen, dude, I gotta ask I gotta ask you something. If you were to see a liquor product on the shelf, and you saw one called Wasteland and one called Zuju, which one would you like more? And this guy said exactly what, what the conclusion I came to, which was. Wasteland because the name sounds more edgy, and I was like, "Yes, that is correct." And so from there, we have the name, um, and I kind of thought, "Okay, what, what, when I think of Wasteland, what, like, what in terms of like edginess, kind of out there, like, what do I think?" Well, I think like barren desert, like Death Valley, Arizona type of like scenery, right? You know, the cowboy, all that kind of thing. So I had a buddy of mine who, an organ, uh, who could draw way better than I could, sketch something up. And then I sent this to a graphic designer who was a friend of a friend, and she came back with that artwork, and we all, yet again, fell in love with it. We were like, yes, this is exactly it. This is exactly what we were looking for. And, and that's basically how the logo happened. And I love that. And I yeah. think one of the cool things about Wasteland is it has this play on Wasted, um, which I think <laughs> is pretty cool, um, yeah. just from my perspective. Um, yeah. Not like um, I'm encouraging that behavior, but what I am no, saying course. is that there is obviously that tone. And when I think about Jungle right. Juice, there's a little bit of yeah, that right. tone with it from from my youth. Um, yeah, yeah. And like I said, the basement parties with yeah. sweat dripping down the walls. and Right. So – uh, sorry, sorry. No, no, really go ahead. Fun, really, so, so really the funniest thing about that is that was genuinely and honestly completely unintentional. <laughs> like we, I, we did not choose the name Wasteland for that whatsoever. I didn't even realize it until somebody pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh my God, holy shit, you were right. 
Yeah. I didn't even think about that. It's I I I still laugh about that, you know, to the to this day because I really I really wasn't even going for that, but it just kind of worked out that way. Well, and I think what's one of those things where if you're moving forward and you're always taking steps forward in your business, no matter how long it takes or on your entrepreneurial yeah. journeys, that these special things happen that you aren't even aware of yeah. that just sort of come come into place or or names or ideas or even trial and error and food products. You come up with something that you didn't intentionally come up with and right. it ends up being the most successful thing you, you product you have or name you have or whatever. So I think the whole play on it is just, it's an outstanding name. I mean, honestly, oh, totally I think agree. it's absolutely outstanding. Thank so you. Appreciate that. I want to ask you a question just because you're sort of, you're at the very beginning still and everyone's like, well, he's been in it for four years. How's that the very beginning? That's always the very <laughs> beginning. I feel like no matter how yeah. much success you have, yes, but, I agree. um, Talk to me a little bit about, I mean, you said you have two business partners and yeah. they were friends. So tell me a little bit about how you engage them and how you had these conversations to actually form a business because it's not easy. And I've had different businesses with different business partners right. and all that. And it's, you know, some good, some bad. And how do you, you know, how did you go about doing that? Number one. And number two, how has that relationship or those relationships evolved over mm -hmm. the last four years, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so uh, my, my business partners, um, it's uh, James and Jared. So, Jared is a buddy of mine from high school um, out here in California. So, I've known Jared for like, I mean, I don't know, that twelve or thirteen years or so, fourteen years, some, somewhere in there. Um, James was a friend of mine from from uh, college because I actually I actually left college. I dropped out for my business because like, I, I was fortunate enough to have school money. And so I took that money, which was about $35,000 and I put it in, I invested it into the business. And that's where we got our, our initial started startup and working capital from. Um, so Jared was actually doing the, um, the website thing with me. Let me stop that. And then I, you know, I found, I stumbled upon the, the jungle juice idea and I, I approached him was like, listen, this should be our next thing. What do you think? He's like, dude, I'm fucking in. Like, let's do this, right? So Jared was in it, and a few months later, um, so at the time I was I was uh, working at a, a premium Verizon retail store, and um, I was selling phones. And uh, James comes in, and so I knew. So James and I had kind of we knew each other through for the, the, the uh, fraternity scene at Oregon State, uh, and then we kind of lost contact for a little while. And then he happened to be my my Samsung rep for my store, right? And so we got to talking, and I was telling him about this thing. He, and then every time he, he came in, he kept asking about it, right? And so then finally I was like, dude, like, hey, I, I would love to talk more about this. Like, do you want to meet up for a drink sometime? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So that night, we, uh, uh, him and I, um, because I was living in Oregon at the time, and Jared was uh, still in California because he was uh, still, in, still in college himself at the time. Um, um, I met up with James with my other friend who, who uh, was formerly in the business and no longer is. And um, – we, we were talking about him and I basically really just pitched the vision and I really talked about like what we're doing and where it's, where it's going to go and what we could do with this and how awesome it's going to be. And he was like, cool. So we're doing this then. Right. And he was like, like, he was like, I want, I want in. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And so I, so I brought him in the into the business and it was really all about just kind of pitching and talking about that vision. You know, kind of really painting the 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 picture of where the company is going to go, where the business is going to go, where the product is going to go, how it's going to affect all of us, and the impact it's going to have on everybody else. Right? Those are the kind of key things you have to have when you pitch a vision. Yeah, right? always um, sell the vision to whoever you can, can hear it as exactly. Uh, as exactly. um, Ed Milet says, you know, you got to be evangelical with your yes. vision of your company and and constantly exactly. be selling it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the key things too, though, right? The, the vision can't only be about you, right? Because the moment someone either senses that or picks up on that, you're toast, you're dead in the water, right? The vision has to in, in, encapsulate and incorporate, um, you know, the people who you're going to bring into the business and the organization, right? Um, how they're going to play a role, how they're going to move up, how it's going to improve their lives. And then on top of that, how it's going to benefit the lives of other people, right? Because you can, you know, talk about how much better a certain thing is going to make someone's life, right? But guess what? You can make your own life better by selling, by selling like, you know, hardcore, horrible drugs and making a bunch of money and living a rich life. Right. Yeah. But it's not going to help the person using the drugs. Right. You know, um, 
So you're gonna have, you have to really also touch on how it's going to positively affect other people, you know. And so our whole thing with Wasteland is we want to use this drink as a catalyst to bring people together and and help them create amazing memories that they're not going to forget, right? Because that was my favorite thing at parties is being able to connect other people, right? We're all there to have a good time and have some drinks, right? But the real benefit of it is meeting other people, building those connections, and then building upon those connections of the people you already know and the new people you meet, yeah. right? So that's what you want to use the strength for, right? And so you really have to, you know, touch upon those things. And and I really, you know, um, I really believe in, the, in that mission, right? And so I really spoke that into existence and and am using this company to do exactly that. And they were both really on board, right? And so, you know, we've really grown – a lot stronger the three of us through our struggles right because the reason why it's taken so long to get this up and running is because we've had we've had so many different delays of getting the product up and going um so our the first one the biggest one was um when we initially created the product um we had it at 15 percent alcohol 38 uh, um, proof and so when we were kind of talking about it one day we were the three of us were talking and we kind of were like you know what we want this to be about twenty dollars in on shelf and store. You know, like it's gonna be a hard sell to sell a fifteen percent alcoholic beverage for twenty dollars. Let's bump it up. And so we ended up bumping up to thirty percent because that's where the flavor really still uh, stayed really well and that alcohol con you know, the the, the alcohol um, level didn't disrupt anything. Right. So we went with thirty percent alcohol and that added an extra year and a half onto um, our launch time and, and, and bringing it to market. And then after that, we had the, the, the government shutdown, um, delayed us another four or five months because the Trade and Tax Bureau, which is a governing body, the federal governing body of alcohol, um, they shut down too because no one was getting paid. So that delay or label approval, um, which ironically is the, the shoulder of the processes which between Absolutely. the formula approval and label approval, right? Yeah. And, then after, yeah and then after that, we had a, a – a, uh, issue with our trademarking it turns out the people who we initially went to um they didn't tell us that there was somebody else in the country who um you know had a had a too similar of a uh, name right and so in the alcohol space and so we got they, they we got denied and i never even heard anything i was trying to contact them and heard nothing back so i had a fellow arte member um help me out and uh, now we're back and back up and running and we were able to keep the name thank god which was fantastic because it's an awesome name um and but after that then we were short 10 grand in money because it was very it was an expensive process right so then i had to go get an unsecured line of credit for, for the business um and so all those different things have just tallied up to it taking just so long to get to market yeah, but we've really grown really strong through that struggle. And I really do believe that the best way to, to bond with somebody is to go through something challenging with them. Absolutely. And I want to touch on something because I talk about this a lot on the podcast. And I and anyone I mentor or anyone we work with in the co-packaging space, um, you know, food is merely the vehicle by which we do something. It actually doesn't define us. It may be the business by which we help people or help people grow. But if we look at it that whether we're a restaurant or whether we're producing food for a grocery store or a beverage or whatever it is, the thing you're actually creating, you nailed it on the head, is the memories. Everyone eats, you know, three, four times a day. Everyone drinks probably 10, 12 beverages a day, including coffee, you know, and every event that we have that we get together with our family or our friends usually surrounds food or drink. Those are me yes. merely the vehicles that bring us together to form those memories. So when you think about it, you want to put the best quality product out there. You want to put the best quality service out there if you're a restaurant. And you want to invest in these people's lives because, especially as your um, customers, because you're helping them build memories. And the better you do... Um, the better memories they have. And interestingly, usually if you go somewhere, your the best memories you have are when something bad happened and you conquered through it as a family. But what I'm saying is that you have the ability to create memories for people, have the ability for people to connect, like you said. And that's really what food and beverage is about. It's merely the vehicles by which we do it. And it's more important than that. Obviously, we survive off it. It's how we get our nutrition and blah, blah, blah. But the real part is that it does connect us and that it does build memories. So I think yeah. that's the one of the 
the important things you said. The other part is the label approval process for anything in food and beverage. People don't understand this, and, and I deal with this all the time, is that it is the hardest process. Every single product you bring forward needs a label approval. Every yep. single product that you need needs to go through some you know analysis of some sort. So there's a lot of things you can't just create a product and bring it to market. There's a lot of yeah. governing bodies, whether it's the USDA mm-hmm. or the FDA or, or the, you know, um, alcohol, tobacco, fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I misquoted the Bureau, but it's, um, That's okay. it's, um, it's one of those things you just have to have the patience to get through it and you have to be aware you're going to get through it, you know? And when you launch your first product in food or in beverage, and in your case, particularly in alcohol, which takes even longer, you're looking at two to three years to begin with. And now add an alcohol or CBD in food and the regulations, it's probably going to take longer if you don't have previous experience in, in that area or arena, however you want to phrase it. So I think those are pretty cool. So, Let's talk more about this. Um, you're now ready to go to market. So yeah. you're getting in your first um, order from your co-packer, as we discussed before we got on the podcast, just to get everyone yeah. up to date. So tell me what it took, one, to get to the point of being able to get the co-packer to produce it all. And two, tell me what your plans are now to really go out and market this product and, and get it into people's hands. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, so, so now, so basically, so we, we so the drink's been produced now at this this point, and so now we're basically just really working on our, our licensing, which that is that is the more difficult part because I, I don't speak lawyer to put it simply. Um, but so pretty much what it, what it really took was it was basically a, a, a coordination of a lot of moving pieces, right? And so the bit so the, one the big thing I really want to touch on is I. I, I this is something you can't do alone. You need a, you definitely need help. Um, and so don't think this is something that you can just simply do do by yourself because it's 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 not so cut and dry. You know, I've had a lot of help from my business partners to my manufacturer. They've been a huge help. You know, be, be between information and education and and you know answering questions and guidance and that whole thing. Um, you know, um, I've had friends and other people and you know around me I've, who've been really helpful as well. Um, you know, so it was basically getting over those hurdles that got it to this point. It was really just a perseverance that we touched upon at the very beginning of this podcast, right? Like you have to keep pushing, right? Because you know, you know, even if you if you've been through the ringer once or twice, there's, you're always going to be learning something new, and you have to keep pushing to get that, especially when it's something you believe in, to get that product to market. Right? It doesn't happen in one go. You know, we've had so many setbacks, but I believe that that all those setbacks are just proof that if we can persevere and get through them, the other side is just so amazing. Right. Um, so it's really just taking those phone calls, doing the work and coordinating all those moving pieces between all the different supplies from different vendors to do, you know, all the location gets to having to deal with freight and transportation, um, which that by itself is a whole area of knowledge that you need to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You, yeah, you understand. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and that kind of stuff to, you know, testing different batches and that kind of stuff. Right. Cause I remember, uh, right before they were going to bottle my manufacturer, he, he gave me a, my, the, my point of contact, he gave me a call and he said, Hey, um, listen, so we finished, we finished producing the drink. Now we have two options. I tasted it. It tastes good to me. I can either can just go ahead now and start bottling, or I can overnight you a sample and, and then, and you can improve it. What would you, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know what? Let's overnight me one. I want to just double check since it's the first batch. He overnighted it. I tasted it. I had, I, I got it that next day. I tasted it. It was phenomenal as it is. And I, and I get, I called him up. I was like, Hey, let's rock and roll. Let's get, let's get it going. Right. Like we're good to go. And so and then they started bottling it, you know. And so so now that we're produced and now, I, like I said, I'm working on the licensing because that is a whole beast of its own. Um, and so from there on out, um, basically the way we the way we've looked at it. And so everything I've evaluated, I've read books on it and I've talked to other people in this space. It, what it looks like is for a consumable good product. You want to follow what I, what I, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's already been called this, but what, what I like to call the staircase model. And what that means is that you get X amount of accounts at first and you fulfill those accounts, right? And you get it 
to where the velocity of your product, velocity being um, the number of units you sell in a certain time period, that's velocity, right? However you measure that. Some people it's per week, some people per day, some people per month, whatever works for you. Um, so you drive that velocity to them to you roughly figure you're about maxing it out. And then once you have that, you figure out the um, fulfillment capabilities you need to have to get you know, X more and more accounts. So let's say we start with 10, right? That'll give us a lot of data and how, uh, how much, or how much we're selling, how quickly we're moving through products, how quickly these locations are moving through products. Right. And um, how, you know, that, that tells us how soon we need to order for another batch of product, you know, how long, you know, are, will the lead times be for everything and that, and that sort of thing. Right. And then you can go to a whole new set of accounts and say, Hey, listen, these accounts are doing this, what do we need for, to, for you to be able to get into this location? And that's kind of, you know, more or less like how it's going to have to go. And, you know, we, 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 we negotiate that out, right? And then we get those new accounts. And we just follow that system until, until we're all over the place, right? So that's, that's kind of the model we're looking at. And then on top of that, we're looking on both a heavy use of social media marketing and just straight up guerrilla marketing, right? Going in, talking to people, going to the bars, talking to consumers, you know, really promoting the, the product person to person because we care. We care about the consumer. We care about our product. We care about this organization, right? And we know we want to bring this because we believe in this product so much, right? So between those three things, I really believe that we're going to have a, a, a successful run with, with our product here. And so I, I love this concept because you're basically building it as you go and you perfect yeah. one step before you bring it to the next step. So exactly. is your hopes to do it in California first and that that's sort of where you're going to plant your flag? You you guys are local. Um, you can sort of go there. Is that sort of you're going to start off small in your local area and then grow? Um, tell me a little bit about that, yeah. how you envision it regionally because I think it's important yeah. – food and beverage it's a little bit different in the strategy that you need to use in order to grow your brand yeah 100 percent. yeah um so so what we're actually planning right now on doing is we're going to uh slowly roll out on both the oregon and california market because one of my business partners lives in oregon right now and then myself and my other business partner live in california right so we're going to start we're going to roll out slow in both locations and really get a really good base and um a base of consumers that really love the product and really push that word of mouth and that that really advertising style um, so that we get more raving loyal fans of our, of our drink and of us as as a company. Um, and so we're going to go that route, to, you know, because I, I, I prefer to to start slowly and really roll out the, the right way. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to make mistakes no matter what. And I'm OK with that. Um, but I'd rather get people who genuinely love the drink and love us than like roll out just stupid fast where we can't even keep up with it, where people are like, eh, like I'll drink it here and there if I want to, if it's whatever, you know, cause, cause that's not going to build a strong base and that's not going to build a company that we can run for a long time. Right. So we're looking at both of those markets right now because they both have their advantages and disadvantages. Um, and we, and we have the manpower to be able to roll out on both as well. Yeah, so let's um let's talk about this a little bit as well because I and I'm going to tie it into where you are now. So over the yeah. last four years, you're you're obviously you're trying to start this business. You're on your entrepreneurial journey. You're you've got the product. You're you're aiming in a direction, but in the meantime, you've also got to live, right? So you're working yeah. other jobs, and yep. and right now to tie it all together, you're going to have to continue to work those other jobs. So you have money that can be pumped into your company and also so you obviously can keep a roof over your head. So tell yes. me a little bit about that and the thinking behind it and, and sort of your motivation and how you keep going because it takes a lot, right? It, it's not yes. easy to do mm, multiple things 100%. at once when you want to be doing the one thing, but the one thing doesn't pay yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I, so I, yeah, I work a full-time job right now. I, I, you know, I work 40 hours a week and, you know, plus whatever overtime I have to do. Right. And so basically what it is for me is I look at it, you know, as paying my dues, right. You know, like I, I would not consider myself traditionally like a hireable person, but I put that front on and I, and I, you know, kind of stow in my ego so that I can get the job done at my full-time gig. 
right? Um, but you know, if anything, to be honest, the way I really look at it is I look at it as my business is my full time gig, and then my my full time job is my side hustle that pays me right now. That's more the way I look at it, right? And it's not to say that I don't go off to do the best job I can um, at my my full time job. That's not the case. I you know I I, I hustle, right? But that being said, you know, I really, you know, all the other minutes that I'm not, you know, working on my bit, you know, we're working my full time job. I'm I am, you know, working on my business. Right. You know, I am working on getting everything up and rolling and figuring things out. You know, that's what I do in my off day. Like, like I, I don't have to be to be frank. I don't really have much of a social life on purpose specifically because I'm trying to get I'm trying to get shit going and, and get things up and running. Right. You know, because the way I look at it is that I'd rather sacrifice my social life and having traditional fun right now. You know, and I still do fun things, obviously. We, we, everyone does. Um, but I'd rather do, put that sacrifice in now so that in five years, three years, seven years, 10 years, whatever it's going to be, you know, to when we're really, you know, when we, when we get on the cusp of just starting to kill it, um, that, you know, it, everything comes together. And I have such an amazing life that it was all worth it. You know, and that we have such an amazing company and amazing employees and amazing customers that all that sacrifice was worth it. You know, so this yet again, this what this really comes back to is that vision, right? That vision is going to propel you forward, right? Because the way I like to kind of look at it is that is that vision, um, vision, passion, and discipline. There's a bit of a feedback loop there, right? You have that vision that really fuels your passion for that thing, right? And your passion is what allows you to get your reps in, right? And then the more reps you get in, the the more you build your discipline up. So on the days where you're lacking that passion or that motivation, you're able to still get after it, right? Because it's so ingrained in you doing it day in and day out, right? So I just really look at where we're, where we're going and where I want to take this company and lead this company um, with my business partners because they're phenomenal. Like, like I said, I'm not doing this alone, right? I don't want to paint the... Uh, you know, I don't want to make the impression that I am Mr. You know, like the only one doing things or making it happen. Like I have a lot of help and I have a team that really, you know, that we have a team that really, you know, supports our vision and that goal to build this company up. Right. Like I, I'm not the one who's making it all happen. I want to definitely stress that because I think that's an, that's an important thing to hit on. Um, so really, like I said, what it comes down for me is really just chasing after that vision and always reminding myself and letting it fuel me day in and day out. Uh, and I want to talk about something that you're doing, which is, um, you know, you know, I would, I'd work my, my job, I'd landscape on weekends when I got out of yeah. school and, um, just for extra money. And then, you know, my job during the day was my job and my career, but I wasn't where I wanted to be because I had this, we had this successful food company, but it, I wanted more and I needed to put more money into it. So I would work landscaping for another friend who had a landscaping gig, um, growing up. And then even before that, when I was in college, I also did the multi-level marketing thing, um, to try yeah. to make money in college. It was a very tough thing and learned a lot of hard lessons there. And even before that, I grew up on a farm and I would basically lease the farm tractors and the lawn mowers from my yeah. parents and go Love out it. and mow people's fields and lawns and whatever I could do to hustle money in the door because I wanted to do that. But what actually ended up happening is once you crossed over a threshold of, okay, now I'm making enough money where I don't need to pump more money into the company. I can reinvest the existing money. One, I have enough money for myself and my family. Two, I now knew how to work 80 hours a week. And I was already in the habit of doing it with doing two jobs. You know, 80 hours is just yeah. a guess. It was probably more than that based on right. my hustling and, and spending every minute on the businesses. And then trying to balance somewhat of a social life at the time. Um, but what I am saying is that you've create, you create this habit and people are like, Oh my gosh, why do you work so hard? And why do you do this? And why aren't you out having fun? And, and there's sort of this attitude, like you're missing out. But the reality is, is you're planning on not missing out your entire life. You're planning on taking advantage of your time now and forming the habits to do so. And it's a side yep. consequence of having to go through this where you're yep. having to work multiple jobs in order exactly. to get a business off the ground. And mm -hmm. so I, now I have trouble with downtime, you know, still to this day, like, um, you know, Deborah, my fiance, she's always like, 
you know, the worst thing for for Justin is if he has any time to think or, or any time to sit down because that's when, you know, the trouble or he gets – you know, I can't, I can barely sit down and watch TV because I'm always on to something. I'm always wanting to do something, you know, yeah. even the podcast. She's like, how are you going to find time to do the podcast? Well, I found time to do the <laughs> podcast. Right. And so I think when you, when you get in the habit of doing that and always having a work ethic, as long as it's, there's a direction and with a purpose, you know, you can move in that direction successfully and it's what you're doing now and it's why I wanted you to talk about it a little bit because I think it's so important because people don't understand they just want their business to get off the ground quit their job and go full into their business well that's you're you're robbing yourself of an opportunity to learn how to work all the time and you're robbing yourself yep. of an opportunity to have money to invest in your business to help scale it faster exactly. when the time comes and you're robbing yourself of just the educational part because you can learn stuff from other people in an existing career that you can apply to a new job. And even if they're not the same, your company, like for example, you were talking about Verizon that has nothing to do with, um, alcohol, but you can apply things, sales and retail and ideas. And there's concepts you can yes. extrapolate out exactly. that then you can apply to your entrepreneurial business. So it's a way to expedite your education. And believe me, I've spent way too much money on my education and MBAs and all that. And I went through the whole thing. And yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like, I spent money to go back to school, you know, while keeping my jobs, while running career and building these businesses um and by job i mean my own businesses because i thought i needed to learn more and the reality is is no matter how much i paid i never learned as much as actually doing it and in fact i was bored most of the time because i already knew most of it because i had already been through the field of doing it that doesn't mean i didn't learn certain things from school that i didn't know before but a majority of the things that you need to learn in running an entrepreneurial business doesn't come from education. It comes from actually just experiencing it um, yourself. And if you're a doctor or whatever engineer, obviously you need to go to school. That's just yeah. not what I chose to do. So um, let's talk. Yeah, a no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I do. I completely agree. You know, the, like le lessons are going to apply. Like just it, like a lesson here is going to apply there because 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 the principles are always going to be the same. Right. The, the, like, for example, I used to sell cars, right? Selling cars, the principle of sales and selling cars is going to be the exact same principles of selling when I sell, when I sell my drink, right? When I sold phones, the principles of selling phones is the, applies the exact same way to selling phones as it does to selling cars. The principles do not change, right? The topic may change. The item may change, but the principles never change, right? So you always have to understand that, right? You know, learning how to do a kick ass job at your kick ass job at your day job is going to transition over to your business and vice versa. Right. You know, when, you know, you know, like a two, like, I, you know, and I, I believe this to a degree cause I think there, you know, everything has an exception, but how you do one thing is how you, how you, how you, how you do everything. Right. You know, like the effort on how you, you, you put into your day job, there's a good chance it's going to reflect over to your business and vice versa. Right. You know, like, it's been said before, if you treat your business like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby, which is nothing. Right. Yeah. So you you have to get in that mindset that, you know, um, that you're, you're, you're going to have to do the work. There's no, there's no way around it. You know, like there's, there's one, there's this one video that goes around Instagram uh, and, and I've seen it on Facebook a bunch where it's like a, a number of entrepreneurs, you know, Elon Musk and uh, Steve jobs. And I'm, I'm a number of other ones. And, Every single little clip of each of them is saying, as each of them are talking about how much you have to work. You know, you have Elon Musk there saying you have to work 80 to 100 hours a week. He's not kidding. If you want to do something, you know, revolutionary, you have to put in the hours. There's no way around it, right? The reason why, you know, there's, there's two there's two big reasons, right? Number one is that if you don't put in the hours, nothing's going to happen. That's the first thing, right? Reason number two is that if you don't put in the hours, you won't learn anything, right? Like, you know, um, the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons why I left school is when I would sit there and I would be being told stuff, essentially, um, you know, because I, I feel that, you know, there's a, it's only a small amount of school where you're really learning, but that, that's just me. Um, when I'm, you know, sitting there being lectured to, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing this information and being like, okay, 
how am I going to apply this in real life? Yeah. You know, like, like, see, I mean, like, like literally when I was in, when I was in college, I would be sitting there like, okay, cool. How is this going to make me money? I would sit there like, okay, how is this going to make me money? You know, and I came, I came to the, the conclusion that most of that stuff is not going to make me money, you know? Um, you, you know, and, so, and that is why I, I dropped out, you know, cause when I was in, when I was in my, my, my entry level business classes in school, uh, you know, my professor would my professors would say one thing, then I would go on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and I listened to Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, uh, and Anna Versella, Ed Milet, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, uh, Dean Grazioli, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? And they would – all of them would be saying the exact opposite thing of my Absolutely. professors. And, I would, and then I came to the conclusion. I'm like, well, you know what? These guys are making the money, and they're in it every single day. My professor, n- you know, no disrespect, is just teaching. Well, they're and, out there yeah. getting after it. And well, and that's that's number one. And number two is is all education is looking through a rearview mirror. It's already yeah, exactly. stuff that's happened. And, and exactly. in business, if you're looking in the rearview mirror, you aren't going anywhere. You exactly. know. So in order to do that, you need to be learning on the fly and taking yep. risks and yep. and doing things. And obviously. A lot of time, those are calculated risks, and as you've yeah. seen, everyone's going to see. Oh my God, you got this product out there, and you know you may be an overnight success. But the yeah. reality is, is no one sees all the time and the effort put in. Exactly. And it's like the Mac- Malcolm Gladwell book, Tipping Point. You know, the yep. hours are important, not yes, only are. because your practice. I know people talk about the Beatles and the ten thousand hours and the clubs in Germany before they perfected yeah. this skill. But the right. same is true in business. You actually need yep. to practice it, and it's not because you're only perfecting a skill. You're you're failing at things. You're learning things, and you you've got all these opportunities to grow if you're willing to and to accept and accept it as opportunities to grow in your business. So you need to go through it. You need to put in that time because without that time, you're not going through those things. And it's not something you can just go into a classroom and learn because there's not the emotional response. There's not a lot of risks there and you're paying for it. So it's a little bit different than, than trying to make something of it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing too, like in the difference between like 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 school and actually like executing on a real business, right? Is that in school, there's no real consequence if you like don't figure it out. You, yeah. you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. like, like, like for example, in my like with my my license stuff, that licensing stuff I'm dealing with, with with right now. If I don't figure this out, my business is dead in the water. I have to figure. I have no choice. Yep. Right. Right. But like in a classroom, if I don't figure it out, okay, cool. I can just go try, you know. I, I yeah, I can try again. The real, real world, real world too. But what I'm getting at is that there's no real immediate consequence to to not, you know, to not really figuring it out, right? And conversely, on the flip side, right? Little tangent about school, right? In school, when you fail something, you, you know, like you get stuck and held back. In real life, when you fail something, right, you might get you you you'll definitely take a step back, but you can come back at it and continue again. Right. You know, that's one of the big of my biggest issues with education. Right. And overall, right. When I was in high school, we had another number of people, number of kids who, who failed classes and were held back. Right. But like in reality, in the real world, you know, when you fail something, you know, as long as you learn the lesson, you will bounce back. As long as you learn the lesson and do the work, you're going to bounce back and get past it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to do it, do it right the next time. Right. And so, you know, that's the, that's, that's, I think that's the, the biggest discrepancy between the two, you know, cause like, because um, I remember when, so when I was uh, initially calling people, uh, calling around and calling people about how the, this whole this whole liquor industry thing worked. Um, when I was talking to this distillery or whatever it was, or co-packer in, in Kentucky, I literally had to verify that I wasn't a student doing a project, <laughs> specifically so I didn't waste their. He's like, because like they've had people call like students call in doing projects, pretending to be real, and just waste their time. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, yeah. So. You know, and so I had to verify I wasn't a student, so they would actually even answer my questions. You know, um, and I, you know, I mean, I think that really goes to show you, like, I, I, I don't know. To me, that really paints a big picture of the, the difference between the between the two. No, and I and I know exactly what that is. It's actually why we don't even advertise um, that we do co-packing on our website because we'd rather just have people word of mouth come to us. Because when we did, yes. you get ridiculous phone calls from people that aren't serious you know the serious people are willing to do the work to come find you 
the not so serious people or the people who are really not going to put in the effort just want to pick up the phone and talk to someone and get what they need. And then, you know, they're not willing to work for it. The people that are willing to work for it will find what they need, figure out how to get it and then move forward. And those are the people you want to work with on, on our side and on your side, you want the people who are serious about working with you and commit Mm -hmm. their time to you, especially as a co-packer, you want to make sure that that person's investing in you, not wasting their time with someone who's wasting their time. So, and and I want to, don't get me wrong. I think you want to treat all people nicely and things like that. But at some point you got to take care of the people that are taking care of you. So, you know, it's one of those balances of business. So, and I'm not saying to be a jerk. I'm just saying, you know, you got to protect your business. So. Oh, totally agree. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I mean, I at a certain point, if you're just dealing with people who are are just going to waste your time and it's obvious they're just going to waste your time. I mean, like there's nothing wrong with helping somebody out, answering some questions because they're curious. But if 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 that's all you do, I mean, you're not going to have a successful business. This is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, and, you know, the biggest thing too, I, the biggest thing that I think people miss out on, right, is that because um, everyone talks about learning the lessons from your mistakes, but there's one more, but there's one more step after that. It's actually applying those lessons. Yeah. I think people really miss that step because you can learn a lesson and not apply it, right? That's how, that, that's how repeat mistakes happen, <laughs> you know, and, you know, that's, that's something that we've all been through, you know, we've, you know, we've, we, you know, a lot of us have, you know, I mean, I think everyone's touched the stove twice, in their life, you know, you know what I mean, and so I, you know, I, I think that's another really important uh, concept that you know I don't, I don't think it's talked about a lot either. No, and it is very true. The insanity thing: continue to do the same thing over and over again, and expecting exactly. a different result. And exactly. that's, uh, you know, that's one of those things where you've really got to take the time and pause. Really, pausing is an important thing in business, and there's a reason oh, yeah. things take a long time, <laughs> and you want to put in the time is. Having the ability to pause and reflect on on what just happened so you don't do it again and then form the habits moving forward so it doesn't happen again or or what is a trigger that you'll know that that may happen again so you can pivot before it does. I mean, that takes a while and it takes the skills. And again, it goes back to what you were saying is the amount of time you have to put in in order to make that a habit or, you know, something that just comes naturally in the long run. But I think the truth is you're as long as you're always willing to learn and be a lifetime student. Yep. You know, you'll always grow and you'll always pivot and you'll, you know, you'll always continue to make progress towards perfecting your skill. Obviously, there's no perfection, but you can always make steps to get there. And I think that's important in underlying in what you said. So, Andrew, as we sort of start running down time, I want to give you a chance to sort of talk to the audience about anything you feel is important for them to take away as entrepreneurs based on your experience so far. Yeah. Um, so the, I, I, what you just said, be a lifetime student. And on my podcast, I talk a lot about that. You need to be a life, a lifetime student and from all, you know, um, and, and, and all different areas, right. From reading books, watching the educational videos, podcasts, um, you know, uh, you know, talking to other people and kind of, you know, uh, you know, talking about ideas and that sort of thing and really nailing down, uh, you know, all the way to executing on stuff, right. Go try some stuff, right. You know, uh, you know, try to, try to, you know, figure it out without it costing a crazy amount of time or money. Right. Um, that's, but it's going to happen. You know, you're, you're going to have trial and error. Right. Um, but the biggest thing is that if you continue to keep improving, right. You know, your potential is limitless, Right. If you keep keep getting better, you keep focusing focusing and getting better. The next thing is you have to persevere. Right. You know, like I said earlier, I have gone through four years of building my business without seeing a single dollar return to me. That is not easy. Right. You know, um, like you mentioned, Justin, you know, people don't see once you're kind of, you know, you know, doing well, they don't see all the, with the behind the scenes, the hardship and all that kind of stuff. I, I really wish we did a better job of documenting that, that, um, you know, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, there, the, there have been number of like, so many days where I'm sitting in my room. I'm like, holy shit, is this really worth it? Like, am I really cut out for this? That is, I'm not going to lie. So that's never happened. That's happened a number of times, you know, where, where shit is just so crazy that you're like, oh my God, this is insane. Like, what am I doing right now? You know, that has happened a number, a number of times, right? 
But even still, you have to stay true to the vision and you and your goals and you ha- and, and persevere, right? The tactics might change. You might make some pivots. You're not, not might. You will make some pivots, right? I've made, I've had to make a number of pivots with with our product and our business, right? But you have to stay true to that vision and keep, and keep getting after it. Um, and you know, and and just and you know, there's only you know, like stop quitting on yourself, right? Stop quitting on um, you know, on your future. Right. Because I, I, I'm fortunate at a very young age, I've realized I have two options. Right. I can just go do nothing with my life and die and be forgotten. Or I can go and I can actually do something and affect people and affect change and make something happen and have people remember me. Right. There's no in between. Like there, there really is no in between, whether we like it or not. That's just a harsh reality of the situation of, of life itself. You know, you, you either you either, you know, kind of, you know, have a good time or even if you work hard and you are a good parent and that kind of thing, those are all things you should strive for. Right. But, you know, at a certain point you're, you're, you're going to be forgotten, you know, and if that's okay with you, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Right. But for me personally, I don't want to be forgotten. Right. I want to, and this is beyond this having an alcohol company. Right. You know, um, cause honestly, if I, if I'm only remembered for having some cool alcohol company, I'm going to be kind of disappointed, actually really disappointed. I love my company, but that's just a reality. Right. You know, if you want to do something big in life, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of perseverance and you're going to have to get after it daily, you know, and, and it's going to be hard, but you know, over the course of history, it's going to, it's going to be worth it, worth it. Look, look at Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant died recently and this has been the biggest uppouring and outpouring i've ever seen of love for for a a public figure passing away and i really think it's a testament to the impact he had on people's lives and the impact he's going to you know continually have on people's lives you know so that is what i strive to have and 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 be so those are really my, my parting thoughts overall and so, Andrew, quick, tell us about your podcast and what your yeah. mission is with your podcast and, and what the name of it is and where they can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. So so my podcast is on the major platforms, Spotify and, and Apple um, and, and Google Podcasts. It's, it's called The Andrew LaCaio Show. Um, I basically talk about um, these, these types of topics. Um, I am looking at bringing more guests on to talk about stuff outside of simply just business and success so that there's a more broader scope of learning. Um, uh, but right now that's what it's about. Uh, it's called the Angela Kyle show. Like I said, you can find it um, on, on my most major flat platforms. Um, and that's been pretty much what I touch. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Angela Kyle on uh, Instagram. It's Andrew underscore L A C A Y O that Instagram's probably where I'm the most active. Um, uh, but I'm also on, on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that. Um, and soon to be on YouTube, I, I am on the back end. I am trying to figure out the YouTube game as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, 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 uh, where you can find all my stuff at. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the YouTube game as well. Uh, still <laughs> yeah. to this day. So that's a, right. that's a whole other monster, but I, it, yes, it's, it is. you know, it's one of those things where I want to challenge myself and, and get the knowledge so I can learn it. So um, the other part is, um, as we talk about this, one of the things I want to do, Andrew, is I want to have you back on the show in a few months and sort of Absolutely. talk about the launch of you, of you getting your product out there, you know, finalizing, you know, the launch and the lessons you learn as you bring a product to market. I think it'd be cool yeah. to just talk about that story and, and how that goes and the lessons you learn along the way, if that's cool with you. Absolutely. I would love that. It'd be awesome. And thanks again, uh, Andrew. And before you um, get off, can you tell uh, the audience where they can find um, you on social media and stuff for for Wasteland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, on Instagram uh, and, and Instagram and Facebook, uh, we are at, at Wasteland Mixed Drinks. Um, you know, we're we're going to be we're going to be heavily using the hashtag Wasteland. So that's a hashtag you can follow if you uh, are a hashtag follower on Instagram. Um, uh, and those are the, the most of the places uh, we will also be on YouTube in the future too. Um, I'm just getting that all set up and, and running cause we're going to be heavy on the video content for sure. Um, and so, the, uh, you know, those are probably like the, the top three platforms that we're going to be on, um, you know, and then I'm doing a little investigation on the, uh, the TikTok 
how that all works out too. Yeah. So I'm going to figure that, that out as well. That should be interesting. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> to say I'm the doing least. that yeah. as well. I, I agree yeah. with everyone that it's going to be the next big thing and there's oh, no real right. algorithms back there trying yep. to control the information. So yep. it's a really cool concept, all video, exactly. um, yep. short videos and people actually use it and the I'm a little bit addicted to it sometimes in that you get on there sometimes and there's all these people doing all these crazy dance moves and you're like, how are they yeah. doing that? Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, I, but I agree. I think it's the next big platform, uh, for social yep. media or something similar. 100%. And even if it's not exactly that one, they've got the right idea. So perfecting yeah. that skill is going to be important, uh, for any business or entrepreneur, particularly because, the next generation that's coming up in high school and college, that's what they're going to use. And oh, so exactly. if you yeah, want to get exactly. into those generations and have them as customers, you better start figuring out how to communicate with them. So exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's pretty 100%. cool. Um, so thank you again, Andrew. And thank yeah. you everyone for listening in. Um, everyone have a great day and thank you for listening. Justin, the food entrepreneurs podcast. Thanks brother. Appreciate it.